0: Hello and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark, and it's a warm welcome back from episode 42, The Horned God. It's a welcome back to Roland Ungoid thomas Roland, welcome back to the Book Club. Hi Eamon, good to be here again. Great to have you back again. So, um, last time, as we say, we did The Horned God, that sort of uh, standout seminal moment in the development of comic art, it seems, and I know we've both had a chance to listen to at least some of the Penguin Random House audiobook uh, that they've done with 2000 AD of The Horned God. What did you make of that? Yeah, it's a beast, isn't it? So I think the whole thing is three hours long. Yes. So. Yes, I have,
1: I've only got through the first book myself. It's I, I lo- For what it is, I really liked it. I'm, I'm sort of slightly dubious as to the, to the point of having them at all. I'm, I'm t- slightly with... Alan Moore, who says that comics should be a medium and not the not a stage on the way to a, a film, you know. Uh, so in, in that sense, I, I didn't quite see the need for it. But for what it was, I thought it worked extremely well on its own terms. I mean, I, I think that when you actually read it, you, it doesn't need uh, too much extra, you know, you can just read through it with as it is without the without the imagery so in that sense it worked quite well some of the voices this is always the case when you see an adaptation of any kind that you've read or seen previously didn't quite match up to what i thought there would be in my head but that's you can you know that's always going to be the case yeah
0: Okay. I mean, I I thought, I've done the first 45 minutes so far, and I thought it was quite heavy on the narration in the first part. Yeah, Um, yeah perhaps more so than the Halo Jones and the Judge Dread America audios that I listened to from them. But yeah, it's interesting stuff. And I know there's been quite a lot of Facebook discussion about the best way to listen to them, whether it is with the comic books open on your lap at the same time, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think there's something to be said for not
1: having it open on your lap at the same time, right? because then you can sort of, you can make up your own imagery and, I know there are people out there who I know it's shocking, but there are people out there who aren't Bisley fans. So if you don't like Bisley's art, you can make up your own in your head. Yeah.
0: And uh, that Joe Pineapple story is coming at some point, I gather.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. We, we, well, that's, it, keeps me, it, it, it keeps me waking up. You know, it gets me up in the morning, the, the hope for perhaps maybe one day.
0: They'll probably fin- finish the Sagrada Familiar Cathedral in Barcelona before that, I should guess. Um, right, so let's get to today's book, Roland. What is your choice for your second visit to the book club?
1: It is Bad Company books, what I will call books one, two, three and four. But there is there is no name for the first story. But it's the first story, then the Bewilderness and then the Cool heart.
0: So I have got the Rebellion Trade paperback of this, which is a 2005 trade, collects Bad Company from 500 to 519, Uh, the Bewilderness 548 to 557, and the Cruel Heart 576 to 585. Those are the prog numbers. Uh, This is 1986, uh, 1987, 88, I guess, in history. Yeah you've got titan originals i believe yes the ones that came out at the time lovely yeah.
1: the, the originals yeah yeah how's the binding with the, with, the pages on? with the pa- yes with the pages falling out and everything <laughs> <Yeah>. no <laughs> it's, it's not they're not too, they've held up pretty well actually they're not too bad yeah.
0: and as i'll mention later on i've also got the digital version which gives you more content um let me just do create a corner so uh writing by peter milligan Pencils Brett Ewans, inks Jim McCarthy. There is some Steve Dillon inking in there on a story called Simply, which I don't know if you've got in your collections.
1: It's not included in the Titans, but I have I have read
0: it. Right, yeah. Letters to great Tom Frame, edited, of course, by the mighty one himself, Steve McManus. And just um, no pressure, Roland, but Bad Company is the title I think I've been asked about the most for this podcast, as in when are you going to do Bad Company? Um, you know, you've done 150 episodes. When are you getting to Bad Company? So no pressure, right?
1: Okay, that's that's. That, thanks for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so why have why have you chosen this story for us this time? Right. Okay. Bad Company
1: was one of the first stories I read in the prog. I was 11 when I started reading, and it was it was you know the, one of the first ones. And I think there is always a special place in people's heart for the first stories they came to. Um and so that's that's one reason. And it was it was sort of perfect for a year old me in that it was I didn't particularly like war stories, but it was a it was a it, it was a it, it is a war story, but under under cover of being a science fiction story so that's sort of it worked for me and the writing and the art and the lettering are exemplary and the characterization is fantastic is the, the characters are, i think we'll get on to this but the characters are really well well formed i think Kano is it kano i can't we're going to have we're going to have problems with this yeah gonna it's going to be like, like hammerstein on, and hammerstein on pronunciation? Yeah. yeah that's right. So, um carno recently made it into the uh, this is a small example on a, a facebook group the comics that made a facebook group um it got he got into the top 10 best ever character uh, characters not 2000 AD characters comic characters right. All right i think i would i would go along with that and the, the the other thing is it it stands up to repeated readings in my opinion it there it's very layered and there's lots of things tied together, lots of sort of metaphors and stuff. So you can you, uh, it works as much for a forty-five year old as it does for an eleven-year-old because you keep seeing things that you didn't yeah, for for different ages. I think you notice different things. So um, yeah, and it's just a cracking story.
0: So tell us a little bit of the cracking story. Give us um, the brief synopsis for anybody who hasn't read it. What is Bad Company about?
1: Bad Company is essentially Danny Franks' story, and it's told through his... Danny Franks is a a, a new... is an army, a raw army recruit who is fighting a war on the planet Ararat, uh, fighting a war against uh, an alien species called the Cruel, and then he meets Bad Company are a group of dysfunctional uh, hardened soldiers misfit soldiers um, that uh, take him and his and the other recruits under their wing and then they're sort of bad company themselves are a bit like a sort of uh, they're a bit like a family really which is why I think they are so relatable you've got you've got Carno, who is the the, far, the head of the family and you've got Thrax who's like a jealous brother and you've got Dog Brain, the, you know the dog, family dog you've got Wallbanger the butler they, you, can get, you can go through the lot and they're, they're all, you could, you could all give the family uh, members but it's really Danny's story told through his war diary and it follows his journey from sort of raw recruit through to well how much um, is this going to be a, and, and what are we doing with spoilers here
0: yeah we can give the spoiler warning um, we can how, give how spoilers for bad company it is what how many now it's 35 years old so
1: <laughs> go for yeah it. okay well it, it goes from his journey okay, from naive recruits to a god or devil or you it's left slightly on you decide at the end but a a his ultimate fate is part of the is left slightly open, although I think books after the after this when the the later books that take up the story again probably um go go further into it but it's it 's not clear at this point what what his end fate is really uh, and uh, the bad company themselves all have their own their own their own individual stories but essentially it 's about Danny and his search for meaning and and humanity's search for meaning in an in at in a first hostile, and then after the war is over, uh, meaningless universe.
0: Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> Bad company. And, of yeah. course, it's a future war um, story for 2000 AD. Um, I'm going to ask you in a while a little bit about the popularity of future war. Yeah. But first of all, just Steve McManus is looking for a story to start in Prog 500 and yes. they happen to have a story or a concept that's on the shelf and been on the shelf for years because mm. this comes from sort of i suppose what would you call it the uh, the slush pile or not or maybe i don't know the shelled projects file yeah. isn't it
1: yeah it was originally um, created for the abandoned judge dread fortnightly comic as you say created by and the story was by Wagner Grant and Esquera and it was called B- BAD company um and i think i think the bad stood for something i can't remember what it was then but it it felt very much like a sort of a a a sketch really rather than anything fully formed and yes and and it it never really went anywhere and then pete milligan and uh, Ewins and mccarthy picked it up and ran with it and they they used their own they they use it to tell a, t- a story about what they're interested in.
0: Battle assault deployment. I've just looked up. Well done. Yes. <laughs> right.
1: Okay. Great.
0: The thing I noticed because it's in the digital collection and uh, with the Carlos Oscura art for the first episode, and um, the thing I noticed is that the enemy were not the cruel. The enemy were referred to as nerds with a with a U. Um, uh, nerds, no, that's right yes. Yes, yes, and they obviously they transform or they become the cruel when Milligan and Ewins and McCarthy take it um, so interesting yes, it's this sort of shell project and the Judge Dredd fortnightly that never happened um, Steve McManus dusts it off and hands it over
1: what I, what I like is the, the fact that there is a, a thread of DNA that goes, I think we'll talk about it maybe in a moment but, That that goes from um, because, John, because John Wagner was writing Bad Company before that, he was writing Darkest Mob. So you've got you've got from Darkest Mob, you go to Bad Company, and then that's taken up by it turned into Bad Company by Peter Milligan, and then later on, after uh, Ewan's sadly dies, you've got Rufus Dayglow, who had a was friends with Milligan and. You in taking up the bat- baton and and going on with that. So there's sort of there are there are these sort of stages in the in the life of bad company that that start with darkest mob and go up and um, carry on up to um you know there's a thread running all the way through
0: casualties of war with Rufus Daglo. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: I quite so like that, quite the nice. sort of genetic history of comic books, a bit like when they used yes. to do those rock family trees on television, you know, yes. that you can see this one running through the history of comics. Yeah, That's
1: it, exactly, exactly, yeah. Okay, yeah. so
0: let's just talk um, a little bit.
1: I'm sure it goes pre- back previous to Darkest Mob as well. There'll yeah, be, There'll be something before that. Mm.
0: What about future war in 2000 AD? We know from famously from the uh, reader surveys that prompted Rogue Trooper always seemed to be a popular choice for readers. And there's a few well-known stories, Apocalypse War, Rogue Trooper, the VCs, Invasion, all these sort of classics. It was always endlessly popular, wasn't it?
1: Well, yes, it was. And I, I think that certainly for the British, the one of the reasons is that the, the second world war goes deep into the British psyche, like, like it or not. And somebody recently, I can't remember who it was. Somebody recently said it might be better if the British should have lost the war. I mean, you, there's a there's an argument as to whether we want it, but that, that's another argument so that we'd just be over it now and could move on yeah. a bit like the Germans have. Um, but you know, that's, that's a, that's a fact. And it was a boys. 2000 was a boys' comic at that time, certainly less so now. And like it or not, boys loved fighting. And I think also they were just—they weren't just good war stories, They were good stories. They were just incredibly well—well-told stories. All, all of the ones that you mentioned, and uh, and and lettered as well. Tom Frame flexes his muscles brilliantly, and. Um, in bad company, particularly with the with the diaries, you know.
0: Stuff yeah, like that. and by coincidence, as you know, this is going to come out the episode immediately after my episode with Paul Trimble talking about Darkie's Mob. Now, as we record, yes. that's due out tomorrow. But you've—I gave you an advanced listen on that, so we could do a little bit of homework because John Wagner does Darkie's Mob in the nineteen seventies. At some point in the early '80s, he does this B.A.D. company pilot for, as you say, the fortnight leap that never happened. Um, and then Milligan, Ewan, and McCarthy pick it up and run with it. And you mm-hmm. can see there are similarities in some of the story beats, aren't there?
1: I mean, if you were kind, you'd call it an homage, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be honest. Yeah, let's be, let's be honest. It's yeah. There's there's a there's a there are a lot of similarities, and I would I would also I don't some of the similarities like I think I think you you mentioned to me like the the arm amputation and the uh, the, uh, the demonic and demonized enemy and you know the the brutal leader with a dark secret yeah it's a bit of a coincidence isn't it it is um, yes and I would I would I'd also say that things like dark both darkie and Kano have a a split nature shall we say without giving too much away and there's also things like dark is the, the darkest mob become a sort of um, almost mythical amongst you know uh, that they're, they're sort of like a um, a mythical group and I think that's sort of in the i think that is the second or third book of bad company that happens as well with with uh, the bad company themselves became become a sort of a myth, and you get the Carno Cult Club cropping up, who are sort of, um, you know, they the sort of worshipping th- this this sort of the, the company. So things like that, th- definitely. But I don't think it's t- to to give Bad Company credit. I don't think it's just a rip off of Darkest Mob. I think there's a lot more going on. I, you've you've got lots of influences like you've got things like like I was talking about before you, you you've got the particular interests of the creators of, of, of bad company come to the fore so Jim McCarthy is particularly interested in music so you have there's, there's a lot of musical influences uh, that the the characters have their like a lot of the characters likenesses are of musicians like um, Danny himself looks like Mike Shreve, Shreve, Shreve? from Santana. Oh right. see yeah, who is who's the drummer from Santana? And Jim McCarthy himself was uh, played the drums or the bongos. So that that's and you know the zombie beats uh, yeah. cover,
0: right? Yes,
1: that is that is basically Miles Davis on on his. There's an album he did, Miles Davis did called Tutu. And that's the Two Two album cover. That's
0: oh, like a, really? I know. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. That's a zombie version of Miles Davis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm fascinated. I wasn't aware of the the album cover references. Oh, great.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and you've got you've got uh, there's a character called Burbick who's Lemmy. You've got. I'm sure Lundy. Is somebody? He looks. I'm sure Lundy is somebody, but I can't work out who.
0: Right.
1: I think Shrike. Shrike is a sort of flavor slave character. I think. Yeah. A sort of a joker who plays up to, uh, you who know, sort of prances around Thrax. You know, the, the zombie beats and the the whole idea of the zombies being brought back to life by a, a beat and by the Sonics is a sort of a, a musical influence. You've got lines like the Hateful Dead on one of the covers you've got lines like what is it he says somebody says two minds waltz to the tune of insanity and the tune carries something that is Kano deep into the beating black heart you've got next chapter titles like the song of shiva you've got shiva saying that she makes the atoms dance or there's all this stuff goes all the way through it And it's just sprinkled, you know, not, it's not too obvious, but you just, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Um, And Jim Jim McCarthy has gone on to work primarily on music-based projects like um, uh, uh, graphic novels about uh, famous uh, Mm -hmm. character, musical, um, uh, musicians. So you've got that. And you've got films as well. You've got most obviously uh, Apocalypse Now, which is, you know, it's, uh, I think uh, Pete Milligan himself says in the intro to one of the Titan books uh, that he's uh, that Carno is a cross between Frankenstein and Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. You've, uh, you've got lines like, we're headed for the Heart of Darkness. You've got next chapter headings like the Horror. There's a line in the, uh, the, the
0: famous the line, yeah.
1: The famous line. <laughs> It's it's similar to Platoon, I think, as well, which came out the same year. I think there are similarities to Solaris in a different way. You know, sort of the idea of a sentient, conscious planet, consciousness or species consciousness.
0: Yeah,
1: that's right. You've got books that um, influence it, like I mean, the Bible is, and you've got the Bible on the one hand, and you've also got a lot of Eastern influence sort of references I think and that I think they probably come primarily from Brett Ewins, who himself became a Buddhist and so so I don't know where to begin with the with the Christian imagery you've got you've got Ararat uh, the plains of Golgotha the veil vale of tears you've got the idea of resurrection and the zombies coming back again I think after after Dan is in the what's it called the pit of pain or something yeah, yeah. he comes he, he, he comes back to life as i thought sort of you could say there's a bit of a christ figure thing going on there you've got lines like dust to dust last man into hell bale of satan shiva calls the pit of pain a religious experience you've got tommy saying i was a planet in an earlier incarnation you've got free earth and and then you've got then you've got the more eastern stuff like the new Christian Hindus, and Shiva tells Danny a story about the face of Krishna being revealed to Arjuna. So um, there's there's all this stuff you've got. Uh, there's the, the Buddhist idea of the third eye. You see Kano with a, a third eye during towards the end of the uh, fourth, towards the end of the cruel hearts. He's sort of developed a an extra eye, and you've got Major Honda. Honda Cyclops. He's got a third, an eye in the middle of his forehead. I, I don't think. I don't think either of those are coincidental. Right. They they sort of symbolise consciousness. A third sort of consciousness. So you've you've got that kind of stuff. You've got um, Pete Milligan references in the in the introductions alone to the uh, to the Titan editions. Pete Milligan references Hermann Hess, Hemingway, Flaubert. Uh, and Chinese philosophy. So you've got all this stuff going into the mix. You've got, I noticed various art uh, references like the disasters of Goya's Disasters of War. There were a lot of imagery. there was imagery that reminded me of a lot of that stuff. Um, there's some pop art references in some of the some of the some of the pages and a bit of you know Leonardo da Vinci when when Danny becomes Vitruvian man. Towards the end of the uh, again, towards the end of the fourth book, and um, and and religion as well. Like I say, you know, Brett Ewins goes around, travelled around Thailand and Southeast Asia, and these these really these influences really show in the art, especially as as the books carry on as it develop into the the more sort of introspective books three and four. So I think it is it's it's more existential than. Than darkest mob, um, although, although darkest mob does does ask some big questions, I, I think uh, this this is more this is more asking questions about the the big with a capital B questions about identity, purpose, fate, things like that, and 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 as for the the am- <laughs> the amputation that uh, the famous amputation scene and darkest mob, there is. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there are certainly amputations in bad company, but it's more of a thematic. There are, I mean, there are so many examples of it, it's 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 a it's a theme that runs right through the story. I mean, duracine his very name means separate from original, the original habitat to deracinate. And you've got, you know, he has detachable limbs. Fly fly trap is uh, has his arm uh, removed at one point. And it's there's it, 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 it's it, it's an idea the, idea the whole idea of dislocation is is central to the the the, the story and and uh, central to the theme of the story I think so it's it's um it means more than just there it's more it's it, it, it's there for more than just shock value you know?
0: and I I don't want to obviously I don't want to diminish John Wagner and Carlos Escara with their little pilot episode. But it's, it's, set, it's clearly set in the Judge Dredd sort of universe as it was intended. Yes, for, for the it's fortnight. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I wonder if some of the success of Bad Company as opposed to B.A.D. Company and some of the reason for its popularity and, and interest in it, that people keep asking me about it, is because Milligan and Ewins and McCarthy – Brought in all this extra stuff, all these extra ideas that the story mm. just fizzes with ideas. Peter Milligan's interesting ideas, as you say, the religious imagery, um, Darkies mob is obviously the Burmese conflict. Um, Bad Company always felt to me very Vietnam War related. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. And then Ewins and to you know to an extent McCarthy just did this wonderful stuff. So particularly, some of the sort of full-page character studies they do are just breathtaking. They're great, yeah, they are. Mm. They're just wonderful. We'll be talking mm. about a few of them later on, possibly mm. um, when we come yeah. to grail pages. But do you think that might be the success of Bad Company? All this extra added value that this creative team put into it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, as I said before, I think it's uh, they they had stuff they wanted to say and it was always going to come out in whatever story they told i think they would have found ways to to explore these themes in in in, in the way that you're talking about and yes
0: okay and perhaps a slightly lesser question from my outline but the characters they create particularly in the original bad company stories they're just Such wonderful 2000 characters, eccentric, great character design, instantly recognizable silhouettes. Um, As you said, Thrax, Dog Breath, Flytrap, Malcolm, even Danny Franks himself. And of course, the great Kano, Kano, uh, what, Mad Tommy, all of these. They're just Mm. wonderful, almost instantly characterized and jump off the page characters. Uh, again, I suspect part of the success of this strip. I guess
1: absolutely. Um, and you, you uh, I was, sorry, I was just looking at a quote I've got here from Jim McCarthy as well, who said, "This is what he said five years, five six years ago." I think it was, and is very fresh. Uh, he's talking about the the reasons for why it's so successful. Yet fits into the 2000 AD v- universe very neatly. It looks great and has visual heft and a certain dynamic flow and stuff like the gold Gotha plains and the cruels in terms of visuals and design are spot on so you've got other uh, other they're, they're, that's from the, the horse's mouth absolutely. uh and, and again the cruel are great 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 characters or sort of it's really one character but uh, as well and uh yeah but they all they are re- extremely relatable characters and you do you sort of ca- you care when they when they suffer or when they die i mean certainly in the certainly more so in books one and two than three and four, I would say i, I think the I, I do like the characters in, in three and four, but they are they kind of they don't like each other <laughs> whereas whereas in the first two books there is a they, they all have there is, there are more dynamics between the characters yeah um, and whereas in books three and four they just all mistrust each other
0: deeply yes. They all hate each other. Um, yes,
1: yeah, yeah. They all hate. They all hate each other. Yeah. yeah, and they hate each other in the first two books as well. But it's there, there's there are some of the characters like Mad Tommy have other there's there's more going on. They they, they have other motivations which come, uh, you know, which yes. are, are, are explored later on, which are reveal great reveals, fantastic reveals uh, later on.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I like what you said, that the the, the original Bad Company seem like a dysfunctional family who sort of don't hate, you know, don't get on, but at the same time know they have to carry on together. Whereas the extra or, in, or the new characters introduced later on, um, you've mentioned duracine Proteoid, Shiva, uh, I found them mm-hmm. less successful and less engaging for me. They just seemed a little bit more like, made-up, eccentric comic book characters rather than the original cast of Bad Company, who just perfect, just seem, you know, instantly great characters that you know and recognise and want to read more about?
1: Well, I, I think some of them, like, for example, Rackman, I think, was just an idea that I, I think Pete Milligan probably had some stuff he wanted to say about a certain sub uh, subject and used Rackman as a mouthpiece. Rather than being a fully formed character, because you could you could actually take Rankman out of the story and it wouldn't actually make any difference. Less less so Protoid, Diracine, and Shiva, but yeah. Whereas I think that's and, and, and they're less um sort of fun as well. Some of the the, the, the characters in the first two books are, are really good fun, <laughs> and there's there's humour there as well, which it, it just gets a bit more which is understandable in books three and four because it is it, it is it is dark stuff um but you need a bit of lightness every now and then
0: one of the things i noticed about the characters and i haven't um, you might be able to explain about this a bit more to me but i haven't really seen anything about this in my research and background reading is that danny franks our central character our diarist our sort of narrator character um that classic new recruit who learns the uh, the hard way about what Bad Company is all about and is our mm-hmm. introduction to Bad Company. Um, Danny Franks has a friend, Malcolm. Yes. And Malcolm has got a very distinct character look. He's got the locks, he's got the sort of whatever th- the devices he wears over one eye. And, of course, spoilers, Malcolm dies in the story. And what I noticed reading this time was quite how much Danny then starts to come to look like his friend he starts Mm. having a he starts wearing a similar sort of device, his hair gets wilder and more um, dreaded and I just thought and I don't think it's commented on in the text it's just this thing about you know he's lost his friend and he becomes he sort of starts to take on some of the characteristics of his friend almost as an act of memorial from one soldier to another or something like that
1: do you know? I'd never. That's an, yes. Another layer I'd never picked up on. i i because the it'd really been the uh, the emphasis for me had been on Danny becoming more like Carno. Yeah. But uh, in, in terms of and, and certainly in I think it's book three. There's there's certainly a feeling that um, it's all leading up to when they're searching for the 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 mon- the, the uh, as it were monster that turns out to be Carno, and they it, it all leads up to Danny and Carno meeting up. And a bit like again in Heart of Darkness when Kurtz and Marlowe meet up, and it's it's sort of the new the the new leader versus the old. Um, But yeah, the the Malcolm um, and the physical aspects of Malcolm and Danny. It's a really good point. I hadn't picked up on that at all.
0: I noted it this this time, but yeah, I was interested in that. Let's turn to the art then, because Brett Ewins. we did actually, we did a bit of Peter Milligan and Brett Ewins with Steve Dillon when we did Screamo at James Peaty. Um Here we've got Brett Ewins inked by Jim McCarthy, who's gone on, as you say, to do more music-based projects. So he hasn't got a huge uh, 2000 AD presence that uh, I, I I'm aware of anyway. Um, Mm. but some wonderful work in black and white in these early Bad Company stories. And, I mean, fortunately, Jim McCarthy and Pete Milligan are still with us. Sadly, of course, we lost Brett Ewins in 2015. Um, Mm. Rufus Dayglow, of course, picked up the mantle, I think, and did the Casualty of War stories, or the Casualties of War stories. What did you make of the art, particularly in the first three, four Bad Company stories?
1: Absolutely fantastic. I think Ewan's and um, McCarthy are a fantastic double act. And I think they also going back to the idea of following on from dark is mob. I think that it's, it's uh, a fitting, uh, it feels stylistically sort of a, a great follow on from Mike Weston's work, which is very a, a kind of visceral and heavy blacks. And yeah, I think that works really well. And there's, there's a lot of, uh, they, they do experiments as as it goes on as well. You know, there's bits of uh, photo montage uh, le- later on. Um, there's you know that, that sort of there's that, that weird double page uh, sorry single single page spread of Carno's head with like the stripes through it, mm-hmm. like a sort of pop art thing, uh, stuff like that. And there's another poss- possibly Grail page for me as well, where there's a sort of Carno sketched. It, as a, in a one of the title pages, so stuff like this really keeps up the interest, and uh, yeah, and and it's just a lovely, a visceral uh, feel to the art, which is what you need for this kind of stuff.
0: I was I was absolutely stunned and blown away by it, and and actually, yeah. I think as I said in our notes, when Steve Dillon, you know, great friends with uh, Ewins and and Milligan, when Steve Dillon turns up to ink uh ewins on the story is it simply um, simply yeah it didn't quite it didn't quite give me the same feeling I've actually I wanted Ewins and McCarthy on Bad Company. It's just that you know that's the combo you want. And I mentioned these large page character studies that they do where occasionally they'll feature one of the members of Bad Company in a sort of close up and they're just so wonderful such great work on them in fact i think you know probably my favorite brett ewins stuff that i've seen uh you know if i could have a brett ewins page i think i'd want it to be from bad company they're great aren't they
1: yeah yeah i mean i don't want to leap ahead of the grail page uh either thing but there were so many I'll, I'll, i'll save more for later okay but to have to have I think there are some. In particular, there are. I can't remember which the characters are now, but I think there are ones of full full page ones of like Danny. I think there's Flytrap, Trucker. There's a few of them. To have all of those on on a row in the wall on a wall would be fantastic. It would, <laughs> yes. Um, and but sorry, to, just to go back to the Steve Dillon as well. There. In Steve Dillon's defence, that was done. He did that in four and a half hours.
0: Oh that, right, that was
1: done. <laughs> That was done at the 1988 UK CAC for I think it was a and they they gave they gave it to charity they gave the money raised to charity so uh, it was it, it, if uh, it looked a bit rushed okay it, it was but you know if you can imagine him doing that in a four and a half hours what would he have done in eight hours <laughs> but oh, I, I agree right. I I but but I agree that the style just isn't doesn't still even however good it was it would be a bit too I don't know, not sl- slick's an unfair word, but it's it's not it's not got the um, gra- graphicness that the, uh, the, the Ewans and McCarthy have.
0: One of the big gaps in my knowledge is all the events that went on at those UCACs over the years. Uh, I didn't know that, so that's fantastic. Of course, famously fast, Steve Dillon. Um, yeah. I do hope at some point to get Dave Wynn on to tell me about City of the Damned when they lost the whole episode when steve Dillon left it in the pub and had to redo it over the weekend um i actually
1: live i actually live not far from the the pub where that happened oh right Uh, (laughs) yes yes.
0: (laughs) yeah because didn't they ring him i'm sure we'll talk about this on other episodes didn't they ring him up on the monday after he'd handed it in and say we found your portfolio steve I, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's what I. That's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Brett Evans, and I know talking about art, and um, I know you wanted to talk about the logo for Bad Company, because we've had some great logos in comics and 2000 AD, but this is a stonker as well, isn't it? I put up uh,
1: absolutely. I, I put up because I wasn't. I wasn't sure who did the logo, and I I put up a request on on Facebook. So, and I just I just asked, does anybody know who did it? And it got about within a day. It got about forty likes, and that was just that was just the logo. That's yep. all I did was basically post the logo, um, which which shows you um, how what a, what a design classic it is. Um, and uh, yes, it was Brett Ewins that did it, not Tom Frame. Right. And also Brett Ewins also did uh, it. The the, the, the bot the end ch- the the next chapter script at the bottom of the some of the. Um, stories towards the end of the uh, in the in book four are fantastic as well. They're they're of a similar sort of sloggy style. I really like those. Yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a great it's a it's a it's a it's a classic logo.
0: Yeah. So we get to the end of the story, the cruel heart, which I think is that where the Titan collections go up to. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then obviously beyond that, there are Bad Company stories. It does come back. Mm. Uh, and of course, in the 2000s, it came back. Some of it is in the digital collection that I've got as well. What Have you read much of that? What I've, I remember reading, not
1: recently, I, I remember reading Bad Company 3. Is it called Kano? Uh, when it first came out in about yes. 1993, something like that. And I... I wasn't a and I, I haven't revisited it but i didn't i didn't think it was as good as the uh the story we're talking about um for a, a few reasons i I thought the story was basically at the end of the cruel heart that it's the perfect ending mm. you don't you don't really, you don't need any more than that it's a, a and the, there were a couple of stories in 2008, around about that time which probably like Rogue Trooper, after the hits, there was sort of like there was nowhere left for it to go, really. Yeah. Also, slightly later, but um, Chopper. You know, we all know he died at the end of uh, the, 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 uh,
0: the Super Surfer uh, song,
1: song of, "Song of the Surfer." Yeah. yeah. So it's it's always it's always tricky bringing bringing them back. I think the arts was I I I think that bad company is best black and white and the colors they were using were that particularly garish and that might have been a 90s thing or that might have been a, a design choice but for carno and i think there was one uh a short story called young men marching yes uh yeah. which was which was hallucinogenic in its in its colors and again i'm sure that was purposeful but it didn't they didn't really work for me and i think brett ewins was under a lot of deadline pressure at that point with doing stuff for doing stuff for deadline uh and i think some of the problems he had later on started around about that point right uh, and uh, and i think that could be and and his art in kano is it, it is not it is a bit more lifeless than previously it's not got that same energy um for 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 my taste yeah, so because a lot of the, I don't know, because of a lot of the original creators are no longer with us, sometimes I just think, just leave it there, you know. Yeah. But having said all this, I've not read first Cas- first casualties, um, or there's no, there was another one called terrorists, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Um, which, uh, so I, I'm they, they may be fantastic, but I just i kind of feel just leave it where
0: it was really okay um yeah i mean two things firstly you're quite right about the coloring of the later ones um i mean i've got it in the digital version it does look like those some of those early experiments in digital coloring when people Mm -hmm. were learning how to do it um and the result does look a bit strange and flat on my uh, ipad screen yeah, I keep calling it casualties of war. You're quite right. It was first casualties by Milligan, Rufus, Dago, and McCarthy, and which yeah. did that thing. Which I know there were com- sort of complaints about or comments about in the letters pages and the forums at the time because they brought back a number of characters from the original Bad Company, to which everybody said, "Well, how can you bring them back? They're dead." Um, but it was maybe that sort of trying to get the original band back together feeling about it yeah. i did go back and look at some of that for this episode and yeah you know what rufus dayglo is doing with jim mccarthy on that is pretty great stuff but the story mm. beat... yeah no
1: i i, I, I like rufus Deglow's art a lot
0: yeah um so uh,
1: i i think he's if you're going to bring them back he's he's a, a perfect he's the perfect artist to do it yeah yeah i just don't know whether it's a good idea to bring them back but I, again i think pete milligan felt he had more to say and um had the opportunity to say it so you know why not
0: okay so we've hinted at it Rodan. and let's play the grail page game let's give you all of the original artwork and covers um particularly those early years the stuff you've got in your titan reprints what are you going to mm-hmm. pick to hang on your virtual wall in the art gallery I think
1: it has to be Prog Five. The cover to Prog Five Hundred One, right? Which was their, the introduction to Bad Company. A group group shot of them all of them all looking out. And there are there are actually there are about three versions of this in one way or another because you've got on the same. I think it's the end of chapter one. I think which might be actually the. I can't remember whether it started in Prog Five Hundred or it did, yeah. started in Prog
0: Five Hundred.
1: Yeah. Right. So it might be at the end. I think at the end. Of Prog five hundred of the first, cha- basically the first chapter. There's a similar the end, the last page of the first chapter. Yeah, there's a similar image, full page image, and then also I think rediscovered at Thought Bubble twenty, at uh, the fortieth anniversary uh, Thought Bubble, and owned by Rufus Dayglow. There's they've discovered another version of this, which I think had more characters in it. So there are there are three. As I say, sort of, sort of three versions of it. Anyway, that but that covers me. Is is if you're going to force me to to have one, hmm. that's the one. Yeah. And then you've but you've got, I mean, you've got other ones like some of the key key moments from the strip itself. The page, the what's in the black box page from book two is is pretty iconic, I think. Even though. I think it's about three repeated, <laughs> repeated panels. <laughs> he, he got he got a uh, it, it was an easy day's work for him that one. I think <laughs> there was a lot of um, <laughs> there was a, a lot of photocopying. I'd add twenty percent size on that, but it's a it's a great page. And I also like from book three the there's a sort of uh, the, the, when Kano is being uh, it, 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 it's like the classic. Frankenstein being, with um, attacked by the villagers with a sort of uh, with the flame with the flames and stuff. Yeah,
0: um,
1: and it always reminds me of the sort of Bernie Wrightson image that. that
0: oh one. right,
1: yeah, yes. That, that, that got it's got that feel to it, so I like that page a lot as well. And zombie the zombie beat page is also fantastic. The cover. Maybe you could maybe have that next to the two to albums cover. Right. <laughs> um, so, and also the, the very last page, I think is it the very last page or the second to last page? I am the cruel heart. Yeah. Well, Spoil- spoiler alert.
0: Spoilers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a great one as well. And also on, I mean, I'm giving you loads here, but there's the, there's one in book one, it's page 22 in the, in the, the Titan Edition. There's a, 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 a an image that is basically Kano in profile, but with 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 other frames over the top.
0: Oh yes, I've got that one here. Looking yeah. looking,
1: looking very Boris Karloff, um, and that's so they're all they're all fantastic. Any of any of those really, but given yeah. the choice, I would I would it would have to be five hundred one.
0: Excellent. Well, we shall. I shall. That will give me plenty of images to post uh, over the two weeks after this episode comes out um I yes, I thought you might pick the uh, the bad company page. So I've chosen the uh, the zombie Malcolm page. Um, yes, I didn't leave you with many options. No, that's all right. Sorry, uh, you, you've left me with soon. my first choice, which is Zombie Malcolm in full full pro uh, full full page, as it were. So I'm going to pick that page.
1: Ah uh, yes. Well, is, is that? Is that the same image as the front cover or
0: the the uh, It's yeah, I or is it? it's, I'll have to find the cover. I thought it? it was slightly different. But yes, it's yeah. Right, okay. Right, yeah. okay. Good. Yeah,
1: no, it's it's um it's great. It's great.
0: Fantastic. So, uh, thank you, Roland. So, Bad Company, of course, is available in paperback uh, from the Two Thousand E Store or, or from UK.Bookshop.org for about nineteen pounds. Or I got the nine ninety nine digital as well, and you can also get First Casualties digitally as well at the moment. And we will post all these Grail pages and images and covers, and hopefully some of the cover references. Plus, if I can find it, that um, third version of the Bad Company group shot from Rufus Daiglo uh, when this comes out. Cool, Roland. Well, there we are. We've done it. Bad Company, the one that people kept asking me about.
1: I think there was a, uh, an Essential collection as well, isn't there, of, of Bad Company, a two thousand Essential collection.
0: Was it? Oh, right. Or in the ultimate collection, I dare say it's been, has it? That could be what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Probably in there, I should think. Anything else you wanted to mention, Roland? There are there any projects of your own to promote? I don't really. um, I'm a
1: COVID uh, victim at the moment. So I've got, uh, I'm looking for a job, which is uh, uh, taking up most of my time. So having said that, I am spending more time than is strictly required, as you've probably um, heard heard me say on some of these Facebook groups, um, specifically the 1977 to 2000 AD and Megaburst sites, and for which I provided the, the masthead to the former. Uh, oh right. As, uh, I'm a well, <laughs> yes. The, 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 shall we say adapted it rather than created it? And I, I know some of the some former guests have been involved in uh, some of these groups, like Julius, uh, Gary Hill, Ben Callis, and Dave Healy. Yeah. And and it's I just I just it's a, I just want to say it's a really friendly and knowledgeable and funny group and i I can't really say enough good things about them i'm spending uh a lot of time on there and it's uh it's made lockdown more bearable and they're sort of they're a bit like a much like bad company a dysfunctional family that i've never met right um so uh that's that's really uh that's that's that. Really. Yes, I don't have
0: anything to add to Well, no, I think that's a fair description. Facebook uh, 2000 AD groups: the dysfunctional family that you never knew you wanted, but you do. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it would be it would be great to the um that the, the uh, contingent meetups. I'd be I'd love to um go to one of them at, at some point, but it's uh, you know it's it's difficult. And the circumstances at the moment make it difficult.
0: Yeah, there won't be any for a while, but hopefully one day we will mm. meet again. Yes, be great stuff. Cool, Roland. So look out for your masthead. Is that on the 77 to 2000 AD one? Yes, it's it's um, it now
1: it says it's it's starred with the old style uh, 2000 AD uh, logo made. But I changed
0: it to 2021. Excellent stuff. I shall put a link in the show notes along with posting all these various images and some of the album cover references that you've mentioned as well. Yes, yeah, I, I think it's just the one album cover, yeah. but um, yeah. So it's taken me over 100 episodes to get you back on, Roland, but thank you so much for giving up your time this Saturday afternoon and I look forward to another choice from you at some point in the future. Um, as ever, as you know, the long waiting list, but we will get through it. Yeah, no. Thank you, Roland. Thank you again. And thank you to everyone for listening to Megacity Book Club. As ever, follow us uh, at megacitybookclub.com on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and the 2000 AD forums. Or email me, mcbcpodcast at gmail.com to get in touch and choose a book to come on the book club with. And that will do us. Until next time, when we're passing judgment on another great book, it's a goodbye from me and. Goodbye from me, Turnipeds. <laughs>